Hi everyone. I wonder how you're doing a year into this Covid thing. In January 2020, I was given a beautiful basket of spring flowers. It had baby daffs, primroses, hyacinths, a bit of ivy, nice greenery, and it was beautiful. But as time went on, just the seasons took their toll, and it all looked a bit dead, so I did what you do, and I dumped it in the garage and forgot about it. And last week, I was in the garage, and I spotted life. Here's my beautiful basket. Not so beautiful, but I was amazed to see the hyacinths are coming back. Now, I haven't watered it. It hasn't really had any light. It hasn't had the conditions that you would think it needs in order to grow and thrive. But that's my basket. And it got me thinking, I wonder if you can identify with parts of this basket in your life. We are continuing our series in the Beatitudes from Matthew. And this week we're looking at verse 5. And verse 5 simply says this. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, if any of you heard Adam speak last week, I'd like to say I totally agree with him. He was saying that it's quite hard to get your head around the Beatitudes. And it's one of those passages that I've heard so many times in my life. And I've thought, what lovely sentiments, how reassuring. But I don't think I've ever really thought what they're saying to me and to, to us about how we live and what that means for our lives. And so in hearing this series go through and also preparing for Kids Church, I found myself really scratching my head thinking, where, where, what is this about? What is it telling me for my life now? And so as we think about weakness, meekness, not weakness, meekness, and think about this topic, it just, I've spent a load of time just thinking, first of all, I'd like to say, I don't have this meekness thing sussed, but I've been doing some pondering on it this week and I've been trying to work out what it looks like. I wonder what you think meekness looks like. One of the things that it reminded me of is weakness. I guess it's a rhyming thing. Um, I was thinking about mild maybe meek and mild to go together. I was thinking um, of maybe humility. Good old Google suggested um, things like teachable, being patient, all really good things. But I was thinking if these people who are meek are going to inherit the earth, I really want to know what they're about. So I had a look in the message translation because sometimes if you don't understand what it says in one translation, it's worth looking at another one. And this is what the message said. So again, obviously, verse 5. You are blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. So you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more and no less. And that got me thinking, actually, contentment. I mean, how many of us would say that we are content? I don't know about you, but I feel like contentment isn't something that's really rated at the moment. How many people in public life do we know and think of as being content or satisfied? The Rolling Stones famously couldn't get any satisfaction, could they? But it's one of those things, contentment, that I think sometimes can be construed as being second best or selling out in a culture that always says go bigger go faster go better is contentment seen as settling for something that you shouldn't settle for 
as humans, our nature is greed, jealousy, lust. They're not good things and they are not satisfied. They are never satisfied. Those things are not respecters of status or income or, or anything else. So it got me realising that actually this contentment is a gift from God. It is something that, it's not just settling for something, it's pursuing something different which brings a peace and a contentment in our lives. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says this. I'm reading from verses 11 and 12. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty, and I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he goes on to say, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So I think I often think that a gift and, and perhaps contentment from God is a gift would be like an instant download. So you say, I'd love to be content, God. And then he goes, there it is. And you go, oh, great, I feel content now. But reading what Paul is saying there and seeing people with a, a gift for music or a gift for sport, I see that it's something that we learn, something that we can develop, something that we don't just get an instant download and we're done. So maybe this contentment is something that we need to work towards maybe it's something that we need God to help us with as we learn more about it and we learn to be content in the old testament we see so many stories of the israelites and also of david talking about needing to remember god's goodness and i think that's part of it it's it's remembering the riches of god and and having a different focus that helps us learn a contentment and helps us get to that destination of being content it's very much an active thing, not a passive thing, is the other thing that struck me when I was thinking about it. And as we do that and as we remember those things, sometimes our perspectives and sometimes our outlooks are also changed. So how can we get this godly contentment? What, what does it look like at the end of the day? What do we do? How can we remember God's riches more? and know that we can trust him in so many things and receive this inheritance that is promised in this verse. Well, I think, pondering on this, I came to the conclusion that it is about attending to our souls. Our souls are mentioned in Proverbs and, and in Psalms quite a lot, and, and it talks about our souls fainting, thirsting. It talks about um, souls being weary and consumed, but it also talks about souls needing refreshing and souls rejoicing and souls needing rest. So I wonder today how your soul is. Is it well with your soul? It's a crazy season that we're all living through right now. But it's crucial as to how we weather the storm, as to how well our soul is. If it's well with our soul, then we will have the reserves to weather the storm and we will be able not just to come out the other end, but to stand firm in what we know and what we believe in God. So back to my basket, because I think that's a bit of a picture of us in COVID, really. 
I think even without the usual circumstances around us of, of interaction with other people that we so enjoy, of holidays, of our children going to school, all the things that we think we need in life, some of the things that have been taken away from us, some of the securities that have been taken away from us. I wonder if looking at this basket you think, do you know what, all those things have been taken away, the things I need, and therefore I feel like this ivy, dry and, and just looking pretty dead really. Or are we hyacinths? And I truly believe that in God we can be hyacinths in this season. And just as these hyacinths, when I saw them in the garage there, they brought me hope. And I was quite excited. I thought, wow, I can't believe that they're there. Actually, this is a picture that we can be in our culture to the people around us who were feeling like the ivy, feeling like the dried up soil, because we have another source. Not the things that we think will feed our souls, but the things that we know we can always get hold of, even when we're being socially distanced. We can have that quality time with God that feeds our soul and gives us what we need and sustains us. There's a hymn that says, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. So how do we attend to our souls? Well, that will differ with different people. We're not all the same. We're made differently, um, but God wants to have a relationship with each one of us, however different we are. George Muller, who, who, wasn't, who lived not far from here, he said this, the chief task I must attend to each and every day is to find my soul happy in the Lord. And I was reading this book, which is a children's book by Max Lucado called You Are Special. And the main character in this gets to the point where he is weary and he's just a bit lost in it all. And he's advised to go and see the woodcarver, Eli. And the woodcarver um, says to him, you know, I can help you, I can repair you. But this is the woodcarver's advice to Eli, and I think it's God's advice to us too. He says this, It will take time, but for now, just come and see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. And that's God's invitation to each one of us. So when we boil it down, it, the contentment, it being well with our soul, it's learnt behaviours, it's rhythms, it's time with God, it's time worshipping, it's time remembering who God is. It's time feeding on God's word by reading the Bible, by listening to podcasts, by praying about where we're at, by hearing God speak into our lives about what's happening in the world around us and where he's calling us to, to be and to act. It's a socially distanced activity. It's okay, but it's a question of where and what works for you. Jesus did it. He used to withdraw to pray. We read that in the Bible. Uh, James uh, here in, on the team has talked about how he goes on dog walks and that's the time that he does business with God. Wayne would be off on his bike. Um, for me, I love to be outside. I love to be preferably by the sea, which isn't massively possible in this season. So I've had to settle for a bubbly bath and a podcast or some worship or something just so I know that I'm having some time out to just know that peace of God and just rest in his presence. I've loved Tim and Matty in their bubble. They've been worshipping and they've been sharing that worship with us. And I can see that that feeds both of their souls too. So it is a question of each of us working out how we can make this work for us and our situations. 
because the fruit of meekness is this learned contentment and it's found in a healthy soul. In meekness and contentment, there is a quiet and sure strength that we must, we need to know. And that's why people in that quiet and sure strength are worthy inheritors of the earth. They receive what God has promised. As it says in the message version, they are owners of everything that cannot be bought. Jesus combined meekness and majesty, and he was a man of peace. And he didn't feed off this sort of external agenda and the external pressures that that wanted to come in and wanted to shift his focus. He attended to his soul. He trusted in his heavenly father and the plans that he had for him. He died in our place and he offers us hope and acceptance, peace and a life if we follow his example. And the question is, will we continue to do it his way or our way or will we actually do it his way? I wonder, is it well with your soul today? Are you feeling like one of these higher scents? Or are you feeling like some of those other bulbs that have struggled in these strange conditions that we find ourselves in? As we close, just take some time to, to just reflect on that. Maybe we could think, have, we, have you neglected your soul How do you find rest for your soul? Are there areas where God is calling you into a deeper rest? I wonder what that looks like for you. Jesus, we thank you that we can follow your example. That we can learn this contentment. That we can attend to our souls and that you meet us where we're at. You meet us if this is something that we have learned to do or if this is something we're newly attending to. Thank you that you long to start on this journey with us and take us to new places of contentment.